This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, listener. Whether you are on a walk or you're driving to work right now or doing some dishes, whatever it is, we're thankful that that you and, and God guided you to this time to just join us for this next 40 minutes, whatever it's going to be, to behold Jesus together and just kind of dig into some ways that he's working in our church family and just teaching us ways of, of following him together. This is Sean and Dan, as usual. What's up, everybody? How we doing out there? We're back into the into summer's over, back into the fall. Hope you guys are doing good. Wow. And I think, are you awake? I'm totally awake. <laughs> he does not. You look like you're dead. I looked or over and he's like head back, eyes closed. Just barely taking breathing. in your sultry voices. You're wow. just you're meditating. You're beholding. I'll introduce myself. Hi everyone. My name is Jason Moog. I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Bible Church. <laughs> Hello to all you VBC beholders and any guests who you have shared the behold cast with. I hope that you're doing that. If, well, if you, you just called it the behold cast. <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, like I, that. There you go. I, mean, I, nice. I thought I heard you say that. And uh, I hope if you found any value from this or any value that from anything we do at Valley Bible Church that you don't hoard it, that if it's valuable to you and a blessing, then share it, please. Love that. That's really good. Uh, you are looking amazing. I was just wondering, just listening to you talk. Uh, so the hair is still growing long. It is. The beard is still full and, and beautiful and bushy. I love that you comment on, on the hair and the beard every time. It's not every time, uh, but I'm just you I'm always wondering. On it? Like, you want to update? Yeah, because I, so, I thought there was a game plan. There is a game plan. There is a game plan. You're actually, if I felt self-conscious, this would be the moment, but I don't feel self-conscious because okay. the game plan has to connect to do with how much weight I, lo- I lose. <laughs> I have a marker for for what I want to lose, and then I'm going to cut the hair along with it. Ooh. I just do these things to like as goals, you know, okay, like but, target goals. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, actually, we're going on, Sean, and you know this, but the Beholders, what I call it, Beholdcast. Beholdcast. They don't know this. <laughs> uh, we're going on a leadership, what do we call it, the collective? Yes, a staff collective. A staff collective. We'll go away for three days, four days to um, pray and and some maybe some fasting and some eating and just prepare um, each other and our hearts for um, leadership in the VBC family for the next year. But uh we have some guests that are coming as the food prepare the chefs, Ooh. and she's also a what do they call a, a stylist? A, no, a hair cutter. What is it yeah, called? Yeah, a stylist. 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 Yeah. Beholdcaster. Hair cutter. People. That that word. And I told her, hey, can you cut my hair while we're there? So she oh. didn't cut it. But wow. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna clean up a little bit, okay. and then the next one go shorter, and then the next one cut it all off. Nice. Like go like maybe like. Give me like a little mohawk, like a short mohawk or something. Maybe. In the in-between one, not this one, but the in-between one, I'm going to actually show her a picture of one of the Beatles oh, and say, hey, cut it, cut it like that. Cut it like, I think it's, well, I think that's it's so Paul cool McCartney. about having long hair is you're, you're kind of like, you got it's it's an open canvas, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you could go any direction with it. Uh, I do have to ask you, like, are you, is there any concern that 
it's going to be like a Samson type of situation where like you cut your hair and like you'll lose all I your lose strength. I lose all my strength. I'm not very strong anyway, so <laughs> I hope not. Oh, see, but I beg to differ. I feel like you are very mentally and spiritually yeah. strong. We'll and... pray against that it's a Samson thing. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I definitely thought the direction you're going with that was like, yeah, we got the staff collector thing and I'm trying to get my beach bud ready for that. And uh, I was going to say, that's a little weird, Jason. <laughs> that's like in a few days. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm just saying... Well, I think you look great. Thank Whatever you. goals you have, you're you're crushing them. You look great. That's very kind of you. Wow. I think I don't think this is what anybody wants to hear. Are you gonna cut a lot of this out? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, people let's love get this. to the, hey. the theme. Oh, Sean, uh, lead us in the theme. Okay, sure. Yeah, the, the, the kind of the theme we're talking about, you know, because if you if you listen to this podcast, you know that we'll typically take a look at things we've been going through recently, the church family you know, on Sunday mornings or other formats, and we've been in this teaching series in uh, the Book of Daniel. But this last two weeks, we were not in that series. And it's just a good opportunity to kind of take a break for a second and, and hone in on this focus that actually t- mar- marries really well with what you're going through in the gathering, mm-hmm. which right now is focused on this idea that, that we are we're made for a lot of things. You know, our life is purposed for many things, you know, to, to, to know God and to worship him, you know, to become more like Jesus, to, to be part of a faith family, all those things. And now you guys are di- dialing into how – all of that coming together plays into how we're all made for mission, right? We're made for mission. And I think sometimes people hear that word mission and they think of, you know, Uganda or they think of the people going to Ukraine right now, or Dominican Republic, all these things we've, we've heard recently in this last month in our faith family. And absolutely it's that as well. We're, we're thankful for those people who have been doing that hard work for the kingdom in our church family. And yet, that's not something that is specific to just those roles, right? It's right. being mission-minded is something that every single one of us who follow Jesus are called to. Um, and so that plays out in a lot of different ways, but maybe we can talk about one fun way, hopefully fun way, that we all got to dig into a little bit together on this last Sunday, right? Which mm. was at the drum roll. Alameda County Fairgrounds, grounds, grounds, grounds. grounds. Yes. Yeah, so we we just recently, hopefully you were there uh with uh, with all of us there at the at the Alameda County Fairgrounds, we we did church in the fairgrounds during the Good Guys Car Show. Mm-hmm. We we uh, closed the the doors on both of our campuses, and we we got out into the community and we worshipped God out in the open air, and we preached the gospel uh, just right in the middle of this uh, you know hot rod car show with with screeching tires in the background and rumbling motors you know driving past and and just curious onlookers wandering in and, and just listen, listening and overhearing everything. So it, it was an amazing time for us to, I think, just be reminded that, uh, you know, the church isn't just about what happens, you know, in the, inside the, the walls of our campuses, but, uh, the church is, is really made to get out into the world and the church is made to, um, to have this missional mindset. And, you know, I think one of the things that, we all uh, got reminded of on Sunday was that we live in a, a city. You know, our, our church building uh, is is in a city. Both of our campuses are, are in Livermore and Pleasanton, and there are people in these cities that need to hear the truth and message of, of Jesus and his gospel. And there's people here that need to experience the life of God. And so, I don't know, for me, that was a great reminder. You know, this this Sunday is like, it's so easy for us to just get really focused on on our our community and our flock and our people. Yeah. And I think Sunday was an opportunity for us to to look beyond that and and think beyond ourselves. 
What do you think, Jason? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you. I asked you both. I'd love to hear why you see it as valuable. And you, and I think you're you're two people that, regardless if you worked here, you know, we're we're, we're freed up the three of us to be in vocational ministry, and um, but regardless that you would still take part in this event. Is that true? Yeah, for sure. And um. And because it's, I'd like to tell you. I mean, it's an opportunity to play on the same stage that Smash Mouth performed on. I mean, how would I? (laughs) And Boys of Men. And Boys of Men. How could I miss? And the Beach Boys. Come on now. I mean, how could I miss up that opportunity? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but to to answer your question, Jay. (laughs) Well, the reason reason I was going to say that was I I do want to hear why do you guys see it as valuable? Let's just hit a couple things. And I want to tell you as well because I'd love for the viewers or the the listeners to know that. you know, as a pastor here, this is probably one of my least favorite events that we do. Wah, wah. Uh, yeah. Wow, this we're getting real. Uh, but with that said, it's um, and I and I can say why, but but it's like one of those ones that I still get excited about. I'm glad that we do it. When I'm there, I'm reminded of oh yeah, this is why we do it, and um, even more so. And then, and I know that my family's not going to miss it. Like all three of us together serve at this event. Um, I don't know if you caught Autumn out there was welcoming people and giving candy out. Um, and there's a reason, there's a reason why we're going to make sure we're at event like this. We're going to make sure we're there for that. And I'll share that, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Why, why is it valuable for you guys? Yeah. I I mean, I probably wouldn't say that at least for myself, that it's my, one of my least favorite events, but I would absolutely say it's my least convenient event that Mm. we do pastorally. Like, it is so much more work for Dan and I to do Church of the Fairgrounds than to just do our normal Sunday routine, you know? Yeah, I'll bet. Um, and, and it's like a – it's this whole, it's a whole thing. So absolutely in that way I can I can understand. And it does, you know, it takes away from our normal Sunday routine. It takes away from some families who might be able to come. And all that said, still, it's just such a unique opportunity for us. And so for me, there's kind of two big reasons why I really appreciate Church of the Fairgrounds. One, which is probably the lesser reason, is I just think it's a beautiful display of unity. You know, yeah. um, this year it was our two campuses together. In previous years, we've had both of our campuses and even other churches have joined us mm. for that event. And it's just a picture of unity in Christ, you know, in a way that you don't always get to do on Sunday mornings, which I really appreciate. But then also, and this is the way bigger deal, is it's such an opportunity to to outreach, to yeah. to, to to be a light. And whether we're talking about you know, someone inviting someone, whether a neighbor or a coworker or whatever, whether we're talking about someone just happened, happened to walk by at the good guys car show, you know, or they're all the way across the fairgrounds and they hear over the loudspeaker, there's going to be a church service starting at 10 o'clock in the amphitheater, you know, right. what it looks like there, it's just unique ways that we don't normally get to be able to bring people, you know, and, and that's really the excitement of that is that every year without fail, there's people who just wander in, people who were invited people who maybe are are struggling to put trust in Jesus and this even is the thing that pushed them over the edge, whatever that looks like. Every single year, I always hear these different accounts and testimonies and say to myself, wow, that is so worthy of the work required, yeah. you know, to, to, to be there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll share a couple things too. First one for me is I just think it's so amazing. This isn't something that we approached the good guys organization about doing this is something that they've asked us to do yeah and they before we were doing it um there were there were other churches that were doing it on a much smaller scale but those churches uh dropped out you know 
in, in, in the, the baton got passed to us. And I feel like it was this opportunity that God just put in our lap. And one, it is so amazing that there's, I mean, I guess good guys is a business, right? I guess, right. Yeah, they, it is. And they travel around. So Inter- it's so international. Cool. Yeah. It's so cool that there's this international <clears throat> business that says, Hey, we want there to be an opportunity for people to worship the God of the Bible at our events without fail. Like that's what we, that's what we want to do. Like that's one of our things we do. And so the fact that they asked us, that they ask us to do it, I, every year we do it. And I'm just like, how could we say no? Like, <laughs> how could we be like, meh, meh, you yeah, know? And yeah. then someone, some other church maybe comes in or maybe, maybe doesn't. And then they don't get to have it, that opportunity. So to me, that's a, that's one slam dunk thing. Yeah. And just speak to that real quick. I think my understanding is in, it's in their bylaws from, I thought 1940s that they would always have a service provided for the men and women that travel with them interna- yeah. nationally and internationally so they wouldn't have to miss right. a church service. And then from that, it became an outreach thing. And, right. And then because yeah. usually I think before it, it was done kind of in a smaller venue. Right. But we said, we said, hey, what if we really just make this an all church event? Um, and some of you know, and some of you have been, we, we do this four times a year. Three times we do it on a smaller scale where we still, our buildings are still open and we have normal services. And anybody can but go. Then to, a team of ours. Yeah, a team. We send a team out there, and anybody can go and be a part of that team. And then this one time a year, we we say, "Hey, we're going all in. We're going to close down our. <laughs> we're closing the doors at our campuses, and we're all going to the fairgrounds." Which leads me to the second thing that I see value in is I think it's really important for for us as a faith family to do what we do out in the open. We live in a, in a country, thankfully, where we're not persecuted for, for that. We don't have to worry about, you know, someone rolling up with AK-47s and shooting up the place. You know, we don't have to worry about the government coming and, and arresting people or shooting tear gas at us. Like, we can do that. We have the freedom. I mean, some places in the world would would just be in awe and amazement that, that we were able to do what we did on Sunday. Yeah. And so I don't want to take that for granted. And I think... What we do see is more and more a culture that is opposed to Jesus and his teachings and, and more, uh, it's more of an upstream swim that we're doing now to be faithful to, to the gospel and to be faithful to the word of God. And I think what that can produce in us is a little bit of a fear, you know, because we don't want to be ridiculed. We don't want to be canceled. We don't want to get fired from our jobs. We don't want people to think we're weirdos. Yeah. And and so for for me to see us expressing our faith, worshiping God, preaching the gospel, having fellowship together as a body of believers out in the open, to me there's incredible value in that because it uh, it gives people an opportunity to 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 grow in boldness to in their faith. Yeah, yeah, and and I just probably the last thing I would like emphasize on that is that you know. We talk a lot, and Jason, you you love this chart. Maybe we'll hit it in a second. But there's kind of these five arenas that we talk about a lot of, like, what are the things that we're supposed to be doing and involved with and growing in as a faith family, you know? Mm. And four of them, we do well, all of them we do on every Sunday, you know? And I'll just list some, and we can dig into it if you want. But it's training and fellowship and worship and ministry and evangelism. Those are the five things. And really, evangelism is one that is – you don't just do by showing up on Sunday mornings normally. Yeah. You know? 
you do the other ones. We're, we're worshiping together. We're fellowshipping. We're becoming equipped, you know. But on a normal Sunday, unless you're inviting someone, you know, that's, that's not really the emphasis that you're doing. This is an event where that's not that's not true. Just by coming, just by showing up, you are participating in evangelizing for Christ. And that's such a beautiful process. You know? Because, yeah, because you're being a witness for, for Jesus, right? I mean, isn't that what Jesus said? Like, one of the last things he said to his disciples before he um, went to the Father. He said, you're going to go be my witnesses, and I'm going to give you all of all of the authority that's been given to, to heaven and earth. I'm, I'm sending you in that name, in my mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sending you alone. I'll be with you. I'll always yeah. be with you. So didn't you guys feel like when we went, it's so cool to know that like, Hey, when we leave our buildings and go to the Alameda County fairgrounds, God's with us. It's not yeah. like he's like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to hang back here. You guys go for it. You know, like <laughs> he's with us. And I just right. think that's so cool. Yeah. And, and to kind of go back to your original question, Jay, of like, what's the value in this event? To me, it's that it's, one side note, man, I was so encouraged by the turnout by the Altamont campus. Mm. Shout this, this out. Is, this is historically always just a bit of a hard event to get people to come out from Livermore. And understandably, you know, it's it's a bit of a drive, especially for young families, which we have mostly young families at the Altamont. It's just a lot during nap time to bring your kids and all kind of stuff. And I get that. But this year we had 22 or 24 families somewhere in there from the Altamont come and that's just so encouraging to me, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and talking to them both before this, both before this event and then at the event, they seem to just get that. This is why we're here. This is the value. Yeah. Like, and, and they're clear about, man, this was annoying for me to come to, <laughs> you know, convenient wise, convenience wise, this is not the easiest thing. However, it man, took effort. It took effort, but we're delighted to participate in that, that one circle of the evangelism circle and just being here and being a light. So yeah, if you're an Altamonter listening, you rock. Way yeah. to bring it. Yo. I was I was doing the math. That's about if average of four people per family ish. That's about a hundred people, uh, eighty eight. But you know that's amazing. That's a good percentage. Thank you, Altamont. Um, yeah, it's so good to hear you guys talk about it. I, you know, I think of several reasons why, even though it's not my favorite event that we do, it's something that my family is all in on. And and I know that probably listeners would say, well, you you work at the church, you got to be all in, but. I we 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 Mogs as the Mogs we don't do that we we like really think through what are we going to be like regardless of like you know what the circumstances yeah are. yeah like who are we and this is what we would, we would be all in on this um if our church is all in this if the leadership is all in then we're going to be all in um are you going to eventually share why it's not your favorite event yeah I was going to jump curious. into three things I like about it well I mean start, I think start, in a, start in with a that nutsh- and then can we nutshell, end on a high note sure sure but in a <laughs> nutshell. It's a lot of things you guys said that you know, the conven- the inconvenience of it, the like. You know, I, it's funny to hear some families talk about it's inconvenient, but all of us that it takes a lot of work. All of us that are doing it, we're getting like. What time did you guys get there? Six in the morning. Yeah, which means but you got up at five. We, yeah, but we had to come to the church and load everything up at five thirty. Yeah, so we're getting our. I mean, there's a lot of families that are pulling this off that it's are doing a lot more inconvenient things than than you guys can able to show up at nine thirty. So I just think that's interesting, but um. Yeah, I think the inconvenience. I think sometimes it's hot. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. That's embarrassing. But like sometimes it's just not comfortable being out there, especially if they don't have the shades this year. Those of you guys, they didn't have the shades. Thankfully, the the weather was cooler, yeah. So that was nice. But they, we've been told the shades are back next year. So, but yeah, just some things like that. I think sometimes, um, the, it takes a big portion of the day more than Sunday because it takes us getting there early, then we do it, and then cleaning up, and then we're we're trying to usually take people out that serve to lunch or meet somewhere out, you know, someone somewhere out there to, at lunch to um, for the high school. The high schoolers, I don't know if you guys know, they do the 
a fundraiser. And so, um, yeah, it's just a big portion of the day. Like you're, you're at least when we're here, like you get a half of a Sunday to be with your family. Um, so it takes a lot from there. And, um, and then I wonder, it's one of those things that it's just, unless we're going to be the type of church that like really, um, finds out every single new person that's there gets like badgers them for their numbers and their address, which we don't do. We do, we work, we work hard to find out who is new and who's visiting, but we don't go that far. Um, and I think that's good. I don't want to be that kind of church. That's like, you know, badgering people for their information if they don't want to give it. But because of that, we don't always know like how many people were new, how many people weren't new. You know, we're, we're like doing some kind of guessing there. And some, sometimes I wonder if that's the most beneficial way. Yeah. But anyway, those are some thoughts. But here's some quick – I got lots of reasons why, but we already talked about it. Here's some reasons why the Moogs are all in. One is something you said, Dan. We're convinced that God sent it to us, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, unless – and we really are. Those that are listening, we're con- the leadership is convinced that God opened this door, and so we stepped into it. You know, this is a really unique opportunity, and really, even when I share at, at, at if I'm at a conference with other churches and other pastors, or if I'm, you know, traveling and I get to visit other churches, sometimes I'll bring it up that we do this, and they're blown away. They're like, "Oh, you do the, the uh, wait, I, at a good guy's car show, a national show," and they would love to do something like this. It's kind yeah. of the attitude, and so yeah. I just when I, in that I'm always proud to say that yeah, that's something that we do, and we're going to keep doing it. We're convinced that God sent it to us, and He might take it away, and but for now, we want to be faithful. So that's number one, and our leaders. The leadership says we're going to do it, so I trust our leadership. I'm going to do it. Um, a second reason is this: uh, for the for us as the as parents, Nally and I, who also have influence in other children's lives and then young adults' lives. I want to be involved in a faith family that, in a given year, we're giving opportunities to try different ways to evangelize. And so if this isn't even my favorite way, that's okay. I don't, I, I just want to, I want, it's a stretching thing for yeah, you. Yeah. I want my children and the people that, and the, and the young adults that I influenced to be, to see, hey, they lead us to, to give us lots of different opportunities. And this is one way. And then there's this other way. And we do this and we do that, you know, and, and cool. we could list some of the other ways that we do that throughout the year and the, the Moogs, but that'd be another thing. But yeah. So I want, so I'm all in for that reason. Mm-hmm. I want Autumn to see that. I want um, my young adults to see that. I want my nieces and nephews to see that. So that here's one way we try. We're, we won't ever stop. We won't ever stop. So and then the third way is, you know, sometimes I get opportunity to speak at the Good Guys um, show or this, you know, this Church of the Fairgrounds or, you know, opportunities to host, you know, uh, Sean wanted me to host. That's your he, favorite thing. He did do. the greatest <laughs> job this year. But my favorite thing is what I got to do this year in the past couple of years, which is I led the team that – is in charge of welcoming people as they come in and we had music playing and we, I loved, I, I love that. And we had like, we gave out candy and like little prizes for like mm-hmm. the 300th person or the 50th person, you know, stuff like that. That's fine. And it's just, and, and the reason I love it is I love seeing who I don't recognize. And I, every year, whether it's, you know, we have 300 people or 800 people or 500 people will come every year. I'm well aware, like, oh, I don't know who those people are. I don't know who those people are. I don't know those people are. And some of them are VBCers I haven't met, but some, many of them are people that are have been invited by a friend. They're like, there are people in Valley Bible Church who are actually taking this seriously, the opportunity to invite a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, someone that, that isn't exposed to church, and they're like, hey, come check it out at the fairgrounds. It'll be a unique experience. And then there's always 
good guys people come in. And, people just wander in. Yeah. Oh, people. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite thing. They walk, and, and they, I'll tell you, like, quickly, a couple of them were like, hey, is this, what is this thing? And I, we could explain it to them and say, head on in. It'd be great. The Beach Boys concert. Yeah, it's Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah. A little bait and switch. Thing. Yeah. So I love seeing how many people from the Good Guys show come in. And there's always someone, I'll tell you really quickly, there was a guy and uh, I think it was his wife or his girlfriend came up, one, one of the people that didn't come in, but they came, they're like, hey, what is this? And oh, before, actually, before he said that, he said, hey, do I need tickets to go in there? And I said, nope, it's free, it's free, go head on in there. And, it, and the music had just, you guys were like doing your last song of the first set, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I said, just, it hasn't, it hasn't been going that long, head in. He said, well, what is it? And I started to say it's a church service. I couldn't even get the word church out of my mouth before he was like, nah. <laughs> he was, and he's like, I'm, his face just went super sour. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I'm like, you might check it out. You might enjoy it. Just go in there for a few minutes. Maybe check it out. I, it's, uh, they just did some amazing music. My wife just sang. And uh, I thought maybe I'd, I'd you know, get, get a little personal with him. He sure, might be into sure, that. Yeah. And then I said, and I said, and, you know, and the speaker, they're going to talk about some of the things that answer, we're convinced, the ba- the most fundamental questions of life. Why am I here? Do I have purpose? You know, stuff like that. And um, he listened to me and then he's like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and then they, went, oh, then he, they walked away. But I, I, that doesn't ever stress me out because I think God, I, I'm convinced God can use that. He's got to think about that, why he rejected it, why he said no. And, and, and then it helps us practice talking with people about that. So I'm all in for all those reasons. Man, I'm so glad you just said that because if you're listening, then kudos to you because you've really been talking about the fairgrounds for a long time now, I understand. But here's the here's the point. We're not trying to just hammer how great fairgrounds is. We're trying to explain this attitude of thinking missionally about these kinds of things. Yeah. You know, we're explaining our process as pastors, as people who just go to VBC, you know, hopefully from people who just attend really how you view this kind of stuff from a heart that says, I am convinced that God has, has designed me and wants to use me missionally, you know, here in the Bay Area, in my own life, in my workplace, whatever it is. It's fairgrounds is one opportunity for that. But now we'll transition a bit and just dig into outside of just fairgrounds, you know, how do we develop and cultivate this heart that just has that same desire of God, how can I think less about me and more about how to be light for you as I pursue that arena of evangelism like we were just talking about a little bit? Yeah. Can well, I can I read one quote? Oh, did you want please, to say no, something? No, no, you jump in. Just this yeah. idea that we were made for mission. Listen to this. This is, comes from the curriculum that we've been teaching on Thursday nights. This section is called Made for a Mission. You were made for a mission. God is at work in the world. He will always be at work in the world, and he wants you to join him. This assignment, this idea of joining in him, Ephesians 2.10 talks about, is called your mission. God wants you to have both a ministry in the body of Christ and a mission in the world. Your ministry is the service that you care for people that are um, believers, part of your faith family. And your mission is your service to those unbelievers, those people that don't trust or the validity of the scriptures yet. Fulfilling your mission is one of your purposes on the planet. And so that's what we've been talking about. And it's just, I hope that we're thinking mission. I don't think the good guys, fairgrounds, is the end all that's, but it's one tiny way that we can practice together and cultivate that mindset. And it's not about me. It's about um, Christ and who we're reaching out to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the, that's the starting point right there. That's the most fundamentally important thing to living missionally is just thinking outside of yourself. Right. And then, and then I think from there, it's like, well, have I tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Have I experienced his forgiveness and 
his agape love? Have I uh, tapped into his, his mercy and his strength and just the grace that he pours out daily to, to live? Have, have I perceived his, his beauty and, and power in creation? Have I, have I been transformed by his word? Ha, have I been filled with his spirit and, and strengthened to, to, to become more like him in my daily life? If that's the case, then if that's what you've experienced and how can you not be missional? How can you not share that with, with other people? And I think there's some really great tie-ins to what Tim actually talked about at the fairgrounds. I thought he did an amazing job of looking at the life of Solomon and yeah. just, just what, what lessons can we learn from him? And I, I thought it was really interesting how he started off the, 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 the time. And I think it ties in really well with this conversation is he's like, Hey, just, just raise your hand. If, is there anyone here who wants to live a satisfying life? You know, it's, and it's, of course, the obvious answer is yes. Everybody is looking for satisfaction. Everybody wants to have a fulfillment. Everybody wants to feel like their life matters and means something. And nobody would ever say, nah, I'm good. No satisfaction for me. I'd I'd like to be unsatisfied. Right. And so the question is, and I think this is the human pursuit is how do you achieve that? How do you get satisfied? And of course, the, 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 the lesson from Solomon is he tried to find satisfaction. He did, he did an experiment. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to look after, I'm going to go after pleasure and, and laughter and, and entertainment and partying and substances. And I'm going to have, um, people serve me. And I mean, this was a guy that had unlimited resources, right? He was wealthy beyond measure and, and powerful. So yeah, he, if you don't know Solomon, he's like the, the Jeff Bezos of Jeff Bezos is he's the yeah, richest yeah. man on the planet at the time. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, okay, well I'll get all the projects going and all the gadgets and uh, I will just dive into prosperity and, and experience all the benefits that come with, with power and money. I'm going to go after, um, you know, romance and, and sexual fulfillment. I'm going to, I'm going to really pursue influence and power and, and basically what what does he what does he come to after he dives into all that stuff well he says it's all meaningless you know yeah. there's no purpose or satisfaction to that and and what if guys what if the the way that we experience fulfillment and satisfaction is we figure out what is God's purpose for our life? And then we walk in that purpose. Isn't that what being missional is all about? And and Solomon says that in his closing statement after that, he says, all right, guys, I've had a heck of a year, (laughs) whatever, however long that experiment was. Oh man. He said, all right, this is, this is it. My final conclusion is fear God and obey his commandments. And he said something like, this is, this is the entire duty of man. And, it seems so simple to say that just fear God and obey his commandments, which we'd probably, our, our language now is probably more like know and love God, you know, and, and obey him. And yet it really is that simple of just, we, like you said, we have this purpose. God's given us this purpose and like we've hashed through a bunch on Thursday nights in quest. Yeah. We, we, we were made by him. We want to know him. We want to worship him, participate in his plans and we want to obey his commandments. And, and, this commitment to evangelize is if not the greatest yeah. in some ways. Which I feel you know? like, do you feel like sometimes that word is, it's almost feels like we need a new word. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and I or, just think, or teach on it. Teach yeah. On it. Or yeah. teach on it more. Cause or I, I define think, it, yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, it, bristle at that or, or it scares them or, you know, 
I think most people picture, you know, this like, can I tell you about my Lord and Savior yeah, exactly. kind of moment? Or like, or, like, or just that crazy psycho on a soapbox on a street corner, just you know, screaming at people, right? Yeah. So th- I think that's a really important thing, and uh, you know, when I think about that, this missional mindset, what I'm th- what I'm thinking about is just sharing with others what I've experienced. That I mean, that's it. It's just. I'm just one needy beggar telling another needy beggar where he can get something to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know who first said that, who coined that, but that, that, that idea, it's not, it's not this like program or this pamphlet or this certain way of, of talking or, or, or this certain activity that you do. It's just like, it's just really, don't you think Jason meant to be like an overflow, like of just what you've experienced in God, yeah, what you know about God. I do. I think that that comes first. I think I, I think I think we get it backwards, and we try to. I think it's at both ends of the coin or both sides of the coin. So it is an overflow of the heart and what we know and what we're experiencing about God. But the other side is an intentionality to to accept from Jesus that I have a personal mission, that my life matters, that it, part of my life matters to proclaim the gospel and testify. So some of that will cause me to be a little more intentional, practicing how I, I say certain things, thinking through how, who I should invite to what. And what are, I think, what are I think my spheres some, of influence? Like what yeah, are the things I do, exactly. the people and groups I know and things like that? And I think people get hung up on uh, lots of things, but <laughs> one side would be working so hard on that end, uh, that side of the coin to be like, what do I say? How do I say it? Who should I invite? When should I do it? that it takes away some of the joy or mm. being so focused on the, uh, the other side of the coin, which was you were mentioning, which is enjoying, learning to enjoy and experience God in a way and love his scriptures, that you love his word, love his people, that it, it it's a natural out. overflow of who you are. Dude, that's such a great and point. I find, love how you said that. It's like, it's like two sides of the yeah. same coin. I think that's really good. So, yeah, I think I think it's both. And then even just thinking about like if, if evangelism, the word doesn't work for you or you who's listening – um, for whatever reason. Because is that word there. even in the Bible? Is evangelized in the Bible? Yeah, I was going to say, Sam Chan has a really, there's a book called uh, Evangelism in a Skeptical World, 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 and it's by Sam Chan, and he's got a whole section in the very beginning of the book that explains why, why do we use this word evangelism? Yeah. And it's actually, it like won me over. It's excellent. Maybe that's maybe another podcast. Oh, okay. But I think that'd be good to just look up that book, read that book. It's phenomenal. It's so fun. It has interesting stories, and it's got some history too. So it's a, It'll hit them, hit hit all the marks, but um, but in the meantime, yeah, you could just talk about like think about the idea of being a witness or testifying in a courtroom. If you're an eyewitness and you testify, you're giving an eyewitness account of the reality of something, right? Mm. Um, as you see it, and I think part of being a testimony for Christ is to say I'm I'm an eyewitness in my own life to the reality of things that are God God is doing and how I'm enjoying this God, and so that really, if that resonates with you, it's more just being an eyewitness in your own life to people like this is, and th- and you do it all the time. You eat an amazing deli sandwich from that one food truck and you go tell people about it, right? right. You go, right. you read that novel, you go to that movie. We're constantly testifying. Or maybe even, you even get your friends together and plan an event. Hey, let's go together. They're getting the food truck, the food truck. Yeah. Trucks yeah. You, you're constantly yeah, yeah. proclaiming the goodness of things. Um, a show that you just fell in love with right, or right. A, a new sport that you're into. Yeah, that's great. So, so I mean, if Jesus isn't, if, if you love Jesus and Jesus isn't something that you are naturally, the overflow of your heart is talking to people about and sharing, then I would say 
don't work harder at trying to figure out what to say. Um, put a little more effort and just enjoy, why have you stopped enjoying Jesus? Yeah. Go to the Jesus food truck. That's good. <laughs> wow. That, hey, that, wow. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, hey, any other things like from Tim's message that you think are important to this conversation, Sean, anything that you feel like, um, I mean, I just think it was a, it was a perfect message for that setting, especially because a lot of times that's what these car shows are about, right? It's about like going to the nth degree on your car, you know, like I'm going to, to, to just dive into this project and completely make it perfectly how I want it to be. And I bet, I wonder if you, if you ask those guys, do you ever feel satisfied with where you're at? You know, do you ever, are you ever happy or they're always like, oh, it's good, but I want. I will want to get that new camshaft next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. You know what I mean? Like there's, because remember Tim was talking about like Solomon said, basically pursuing these things is like chasing the wind, right? It's like, it's, it's like going after something that you're never going to, to, to find because our true satisfaction is found only in God and the purpose he has for our lives, you know? Yeah, but I love where Tim kind of landed his plane, you know, with, with Solomon. And, you know, we, like I said, Solomon was the, the Bezos of Bezoses in his time, you know, just abundantly wealthy, all the power he can want. And yet we have something that he didn't have. You know, we have, we have the finished work of Jesus upon the cross. He had the promise of that, mm. but we have the finished work and we have the access Come on. of the Holy Spirit and, and, and this relationship to God. And so, you know, Tim really hit that home of just, yeah, Solomon learned through his experiments that, yeah, nothing can, nothing will satisfy you except, except fearing God and, and obeying his commandments. And then Tim transitions just into what that really means in our current context, which is nothing will satisfy except knowing and accepting the person of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. which yeah. how much, how much sweeter is that rather than just saying, Hey, know God and follow his commandments. How much sweeter is it to say, man, know the, the person of Jesus, yeah. you know, know that, that his, 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 his water, it's available for you to nourish your soul. And yes. he's like, yes. it's just that the whole relational part of it, which really, I think that, that end of that conversation really speaks to what you were talking about earlier, Jason, about just the joy of doing this process. You know, and and so often the joy can be missing when we talk to people who are struggling with this process and you get into it with them and, and, oh, what do you know? It's because you're not delighting in your relationship with the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, how do I, you know, nurture this, this heart that wants to live missionally? Well, going back to the chanting and the roots of evangelism, you know, I think it's from three or four different Greek words where it comes from, but they all kind of speak to this, the idea of you're just sharing the good news. You know, you're speaking of the gospel. Like you said earlier, you're telling the beggar where to get food, you know, one beggar to another. Mm-hmm. And so if you are in, if you're not doing that process of delighting in Jesus, of beholding him, like we went through in second Corinthians, you know, then how can you, how can you easily and organically and uh, without this kind of this, this, like you're saying, pressure of evangelism, mm-hmm. share that good news yeah. if it's not real in your own life, right? So good. It's so good. I love how Tim said, and it's totally true. We've all three of us have experienced this and I'm sure there's listeners that have experienced this too. The, the, the pleasure and joy and satisfaction that Jesus offers transcends anything that this world offers. 
and maybe maybe each of us have not tr- have not tried the pleasures of this world as much or as big Speak as Solomon has. <laughs> but we've we've tasted other stuff. We've gone we we've gone and, and tried to go to different wells to 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 have our thirst quenched. And we we ended up here at, at the foot of the cross, you know, to drink from the only well that satisfies, that really satisfies. And so I, I just think that was such a, an amazing thing that Tim shared and um hopefully it was it, it was sunk down deep into some hearts, you know, on yeah. Sunday. And I think he ended with Psalm 1611, which I'll read now. You, you make known to me the path of life, and it's in your presence. That's what Sean was speaking of. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So it's not that God wants to remove pleasures, but when Dan says Jesus transcends uh, all pleasures, it means that he... It, the pleasures that are fleeting or ungodly, he he'll show you better. He'll give you the better then, yeah. right? And the ones that are that are from him, he will enhance those pleasures. So it doesn't mean you got to stop loving your hobby or your or your hot rod car. Yeah, uh, but he'll she'll show you how to really enjoy him through those things that he yeah. he he gave you the capacity to enjoy something like that. You know, I was just talking with with a young adult about that very thing this week. This guy is uh, just really on fire for the Lord right now, a new, newer believer and wanting to, <clears throat> you know, God's just opening up his eyes to all these different things in his life. And so he's going through a lot of transformations in a pretty rapid period of time because mm. all of these old things are just falling off, you know, and he's putting things away, literally putting things away in boxes, you know? Mm-hmm. And he, um, you know, we were just, we, we were trying to, I'm trying to help him think through like, is is this thing that I'm going to for pleasure? Is it is it just inherently sinful and I just needs to get put away and 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 destroyed in my life, or is it something that um, maybe I'm just putting the wrong emphasis on? You know, I'm looking for this this hobby, this possession, this relationship to to fulfill things that only God can fulfill. Yeah, and if that's the case, then the Bible's very clear that's idolatry. <laughs> And so it may be something that is actually not on on in and of itself evil or, or or destructive, but it's becoming evil and destructive in your life because you're you're worshiping it <laughs> as mm-hmm. as an idol. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was talking to him. I mean, th- about this process of like, you know, sometimes God. Here's the thing: God wants us to live in in surrender, and I think that's part of what this mission thing is all about too. It's like. Hey, I'm trusting you, God, with my life. I'm trusting you with my relationships. I'm gonna share about you, even know that there's gonna be mixed reviews, and and I may I may suffer persecution, but I'm gonna open my mouth and share about you because my life is not my own. I'm surre- I'm living surrender to you, right? And I think it's that way with with these hobbies or possessions or relationships that we idolize. Sometimes God just says, Hey, I want you to just offer it up to me. Just Mm. let go of it. You're holding so tightly to it. You're so afraid if it go, if it, if that you're going to die, if you lose it or you're, you're actually sinning so that you can keep it, (laughs) you know? And he's just like, let go. I just want you to offer it up to me. And, um, in time, and I've experienced this in my own life, God says, I'm going to actually give this thing back to you. Yeah. But it's going to be sanctified because you surrendered it to me. And now that goes back to what you're saying. Now you can enjoy it as it as it's meant to be. It's it's in the proper place in your life. 
And so the pleasure is enhanced because it's something that you're not doing in the secret away from God. It's not a break from God. Oh, I'm running mm. to this thing away from you. It's, it's something you're doing and receiving with thanksgiving unto God. You're doing it with him, for him, unto his glory. And I've experienced that. That's kind of the story arc of music in my life, actually. Mm. You know, there was a period of time where <clears throat> I had to really kind of surrender music to God um, because I was, I was idolizing it. And, and it, and it wasn't until that I, I went through that process that I really feel like I've been able to enjoy music as God intended it to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, such a, a, a process of praying through those things. Right. And again, it, it, we, we want to boil it down to rules, just do's or don'ts, but that's not the nature of relationships. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about your relationship with Jesus and, and the Holy spirit. And it's kind of two sides of the coin. Cause on one hand, yeah. Like, there are a lot of things that are permissible and you should have no guilt or fear about, about partaking in whatever that looks like if you're in right standing with its with how it relates to God's view of you and your ability to work, all, all those things, you know. And on the other hand, there's this whole thing of like, is something permissible? Yeah, there's a lot of things that are. But then the question, I was just talking to, to Barley about this, is it beneficial in my life, you know? Does it help you run, right? We're all running a race. Yeah, is, is it going to help you run? You know, I think about food. Like, all three of us, I think, are, like, nutritionally minded in this season of life. And, like, there's tons of stuff that, like, in your, whatever you're following, you're following that might be permissible, but is it beneficial? Yeah. You know, if it's not beneficial, then just cut it out, yeah. you know? And and I think just a good red flag, this is a red flag for me in a lot of different arenas, if if the idea of cutting it out makes you like oh that's that's well, orange flag maybe hold, holding holding on too tight yeah right? it's an yeah. orange yeah, flag yeah. well and to your point about running Dan it's it's just just we're getting some scripture in here too with the Hebrews twelve is that you know that that challenge to us to throw off everything that hinders and, and the, the sin sins. that so easily entangles yeah. and I think yeah. we think of it as sin but the first part is. Hey, throw off, and it really that that word in if my understanding in the Greek is to like chuck hurl, chuck it, hurl it, like get it far from you, really heave it the way you cast a you cast a um, same word for casting a, a fisherman's net, you really throw out hard. So throw off everything that hinders, and so there's going to be some good things in your life that's just hindering you from running. And why is it? Why do we say run? Because it says throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So, man, sometimes maybe an action step for those listening today is to just to think about – and don't think about for your whole life. Just think about in this month or these three months. That's what I like to do. I pick a month or three months. In this season, is there anything, God, that you would have me throw, set aside or get away out of my schedule or my time that's just hindering me from running? It might be a – permissible thing, but it's not really benefiting me and helping me run my race. Well, yeah, and, and, and just think about it in terms of this conversation we're having about being missional, right? Mm-hmm. Is there something, because there's obviously all the d- different kinds of things you can focus on in your life. Is it helping me run as a computer software programmer? Is it helping me run as a, as a dad, as a student, whatever? But think about it just in terms of living on mission. Is this thing, insert issue, insert item, insert relationship, insert hobby, is this thing helping me run this mission. Amen. And I'm so grateful that you brought up that Hebrews 12 chunk because the, the the sentence right after that, we run this race looking to Jesus. And I think this next sentence models it of what our motivation is here, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, right? And I love that it's modeled it. It's not like 
we're not being commanded to just, hey, go do, go do the hard work just for kicks because I command you to, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, Jesus went through something horrible for the joy that was set before him. He did those things. And I think in the same way, we're called to, for the joy set before us, suffer for the, the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to dumb down the Jesus on the cross to something like the fairgrounds, but it's the same process of, yeah, it's not your favorite event. It's a lot of work for us. It's work bringing your kids. I get it. But for the joy set before us, which is all those things we talked about, this, this ability to evangelize and have unity and all those kinds of things, gosh dang it, we can go and go to a fairgrounds together. You and know? sweat a little in the sun. Yeah, and run this race together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's good. And, um, you know, I think another thing that is happening in the life of our church coming up that we really want to just encourage each of you to participate in that I think will help and support this is happening Thursday night uh, at the Crossing Campus. Uh, We will be gathering together for Extol, um, which we do monthly. Uh, In this season, we've been doing it monthly. And uh, it's it's a night that we set aside for prayer and praise. And it's one thing to talk about all these things. These are great conversations. It's one thing to study God's word and see what does God have to say about it. It's another thing to to spend the time beholding Jesus in, and communing with God in prayer and asking him to speak to us about these issues, to, to bring it personal, right? To internalize these things. And so really that's what we want to do on Thursday night at Extol is we want to give people space to just take stock with the Lord. Where am I at in my, in my missional pursuit? Where am I at in my race? And is there anything that I need to start cultivating, you know, with my relationships or with my influence or with my experience of God? And so that's what we're going to be doing on Thursday. And we cannot, cannot encourage you enough to come. We're going to be praying and and praising God with that theme in mind of just that we were made for mission. Mm. That's good. So, uh, any any thoughts on that, guys? Is uh, any anything you want to just say to people to encourage them to 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 carve that space out and meet with us on on Thursday at seven? Uh, come. Wow. <laughs> no, but yeah, I he, said here's my charge. You know, I I'm convinced that for every single one of us, everyone listening, everyone here in the building, every everyone who follows Jesus, that that God has or is putting or will put someone in your sphere of influence, like I mentioned, someone in your life that is an opportunity for you to do this process with, you know, to one beggar or another, share them with. And like Dan said earlier, like, or saying Jason said earlier, maybe they don't respond the way that we're dreaming in this perfect scenario, you know? However, maybe that's like, maybe you've heard our pebble in the sandal thing uh, several times. Maybe that's the encounter that God's going to use to years from then, turn them towards Jesus, you know? Mm. So just never underestimate the impact that God might have in who he's putting before you. And so I love that idea, like you talked about the fairgrounds, Jason, of just, we're just going to trust the charge that God's given us. We're going to trust what he's laid before us. This reminds me of Ephesians 2, that that we are his workmanship created for good works, which he prepared for us beforehand. Mm. God knows exactly what he's putting before you in which to do good works and to serve him because he made you to do that. So just trust him and do it. And am I saying that he made you to come to Exol tomorrow? Not necessarily, but can't hurt. Come on. It's good. I like it. I want you there for lots of reasons, but one of them is uh, it's going to help you keep the main thing the main thing. And if you say the main thing is is Jesus and the gospel, um, what? and if you're like me, you'll have countless 
uh, responsibilities and mm. expectations and life stuff and just stuff that keep you distracted or pulled away from the main thing. And so I have seen I need to, and I just trust what the word says about make it a habit and it takes time to make something a habit um, of coming together with fellow believers. And so um, I, ne- I typically, I'm sorry, I wish I could tell you something different, guys. I typically on the drive there, I don't want to, but I always am grateful when I leave. And and I just know I don't like the version of Jason that exists when I don't make it a pattern to get together with other believers and mm. pray together, worship together, sing together, talk about meaningful things, and it keeps the gospel the main thing. Let me read this in closing. It sounds like we're closing, right? Are we closing? I think we're landing the okay. show. Close it, buddy. Close it. Yeah, look at this. Thing. This is from a from a study. ship is coming into port, <laughs> landing the spaceship. Yeah. Oh, that's good. This is a study that we were doing in our young adult ministry called the Cross Centered Life. And just just as a chart it says, um never let the message of the cross slide into second or third place in your life. Your life is constantly structured in a way that it's easy for it to slide into second and third place, but never lay it aside, never move on from it. And I can hear you asking, but don't I need more than just the cross? Don't I need more than that, more than the gospel? In a sense, the answer is no. Nothing else is of equal importance. The message of the cross is the Christian's hope confidence and assurance. And yet in another sense, the answer is yes, you do need more. You've been saved to grow and to serve a local church and to do good works and to share the love of Christ and to glorify God. But the more that you need as a follower of Christ won't ever be apart from the cross. The gospel isn't one class among many that you'll attend during your life as a Christian. The gospel is the whole building that all the classes take place in. That's good. We never move on from the cross, only into a more profound understanding of the cross. And the spirit does not take his pupils beyond the gospel and the cross, but ever more deeply into it. And so that's my hope and prayers that um, if you, if you see that as central and the main thing and, and Jesus did, or the apostle Paul said, it's of the greatest importance. Everything flows from the gospel. Then We've got to center ourselves on it, and we and if we're going to share from the overflow of our hearts, we've got to center ourselves on it. And for me, that means things like the fairgrounds, or things like Stoll, and things like my small group. And I try not to do it legalistically. I try to do it in efforts to keep the main thing the main thing. That's so good. I was I was just reading the other day Psalm twenty seven, and there's just this uh, singularity. You know, I love when you say the main thing, you know, it's just he's uh, the author. The psalmist says, you know, one thing I ask of you, um, one thing that I seek. And it's just to 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 be in your presence, in your temple and to gaze upon your beauty. And man, I just think we're going to be doing that on Thursday. We're gonna, It's an opportunity for us to to really hone in and center ourselves on what, what are, what is our, what is the pursuit of our life? And it's just, to, it's, to, it's to know God. And so come, come know him with us together. Man. So that makes me think of Psalm 28, which right after Ooh, that, bingo. And it, it basically the, towards the end, it's just in, in the Lord, my heart trusts. 
Mm. You know, and I I should pull it up so I don't misquote here. Well, that uh, makes me think of Psalm twenty nine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's a, he's yeah. a, the Lord is my sh- my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exults, and with my song I give thanks to Him. I just love that. Mm. Yeah, we might read that on Thursday. Come, come, come! Trust Him with your heart. Come, get helped in this process. Come, exult Him together with us tomorrow. Bingo. All right, guys, we love you. We do. I think that's it. Ship landed. We're out of here. (laughs) Okay, bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.